Welcome to the Harvard and Tech Seattle podcast, episode one, and I'm your host, Stephen Harper. Today's guest is Stephen Maheshwari. Stephen Maheshwari is a tech industry veteran who is passionate about the nexus of the tech and positive social impact through fostering entrepreneurship, building partnerships, and empowering communities. He currently serves as Governor Inslee's sector lead for the information and community technology sector in Washington State, leading the state's economic development strategies to grow and strengthen the tech industry and workforce. Prior to this role, he was a former tech entrepreneur, getting his start at Harvard, and an alum of Microsoft and Amazon, where he most recently served as program's lead for underserved populations. His team was focused on building products and services for low-income customers. Stephen originally hails from Houston, Texas, and graduated from Harvard in 2012. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Thank you so much, Stephen. I appreciate it. Yeah, so really glad to have you on. So yeah, let's just uh, let's just jump right into it. So Stephen, what what got you interested in the tech? Uh, well, I think it's just been a lifelong journey. I think I just got into tech without even knowing I was in it. I remember, like I could go way back. I could start when I was a kid, and you know, not many people know that I tried to start a computer repair business. When I was a child, you know, in my apartment complex, I would hang up signs everywhere for Steve's computer repair business. And they had just these lovely people like hire a, I think it was, I was 10 or 11 at the time, a, a child to kind of help remove viruses from their computer. And it was just, uh, it was then I realized that, you know, I was a little bit more fluent in using computers and, and, be, and being more well-versed in technology than, you know, a lot of people even older than me. And I just, you know, began to see tech as just this all-encompassing source of opportunities and impact that I was just fluent in. And then, you know, come fast forward when I was at Harvard, actually, I, I entered Harvard thinking I was going to be a lawyer, and those hopes were quickly dashed because of how difficult some of those philosophy classes were. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I can relate. <laughs> and... My first job that I took while on campus was with a startup called studentbusinesses.com, which was awesome, an awesome opportunity in, in so many different ways. And it was a startup focused on connecting college-based startups and entrepreneurs with each other to help kind of identify opportunities where people who wanted to work at a startup could kind of join this project. And I think they also had the ability to connect college-based startups with investors and, and venture capital investors, which was pretty cool. And they also ran a side gig where they were creating technology that helped you manage business competition challenges. And so I joined in kind of like a marketing sales function, but it was really just kind of a, a really good insight into sort of how a startup was operating, what their goals were and, and being able to have an impact. And I think I've just been, I felt that entrepreneurial bug in tech ever since. And I think after that startup, after I left, I think they were acquired by the Kauffman Foundation in Kansas, and it was just exciting to see that. And obviously, the founders have gone on to do successful, incredibly successful things 
I went to, I started my own startup after that, co-founded it with another Harvard grad and an MIT alum called Navitour. It was a language learning company and we won the Harvard I3 Innovation Challenge, which is probably like the other big inflection point in my life, knowing that I could be a potentially successful entrepreneur as an undergrad competing with Harvard Business School students and other Harvard students, you know, pitching a tech concept and being able to come out ahead, receive funding, receive office space. It's an incredibly validating experience. And then after that, I worked with another startup called Plastic, founded out of Harvard Innovation Lab. And then it was kind of just dominoes after that. Wow, that, that sounds like a hell of a journey. Absolutely. I was thinking, um, so do you still think you have that entrepreneurial bug now? Is that something that you want to continue pursuing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, I do have an entrepreneurial bug, but it's manifested itself in so many different ways. You know, after I left Plastic, uh, and really the reason I left Plastic was because I had such, I had all these entrepreneurial experiences and I really wanted to kind of be in a, at a larger tech company, get a better understanding of sort of how bigger tech companies thought and approached problems or, or solutions and services. And so I migrated west to Seattle, kind of like Fraser and worked at uh, Microsoft in a completely different capacity in in corporate finance, which was a very interesting experience. And then I worked at Amazon. I hopped over the fence at Amazon where I'd been for the last five years. And so when I say, when you ask me if I still had an entrepreneurial bug, you know, not so much at Microsoft, but at Amazon, I thought it was fascinating to work at what is less of a corporation and more just like a conglomeration of small businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, every organization or business unit at Amazon just feels like a sort of scrappy, lean, small business. And maybe it's just those were the types of teams that I was attracted to. But, you know, I felt like I was at a startup, you know, working to kind of deliver a free go-to-market solution that kind of used as little resources and money as possible and kind of delivering that to the market. But now what I'm focused on is, so now I should probably clarify what I do now. I work as uh, Governor Inslee's Information and Communication Technology Sector Lead, which means that I direct economic development activities for the tech sector for Washington State. So obviously radically different than my experiences at Microsoft and Amazon, but also the same in the sense that, you know, I'm working with tech companies who have some of the same challenges as the ones and teams where I've worked at in the past. And I'm just helping them from a different lens. I'm helping think through from a macro lens, how do we help these companies? How do we create public-private partnerships? And how do we help people, especially in underserved or marginalized communities, get access to tech jobs? But then also, but the other thing we're also focused on is how do we continue to promote high-tech entrepreneurship throughout the state? So from an entrepreneurial bug perspective, I, I have a bug to kind of help support entrepreneurs and startups across the state. And so there's a couple of really exciting initiatives that I want, that we're hoping to get off the ground. One of which is I'm hoping to start an accelerator that is intended to support underserved and marginalized entrepreneurs who have a high tech startup in Washington state, you know, especially Mm. those that are early stage and those that are in sort of rural and Eastern Washington, those that have been hardest hit by both the pandemic, both by being black or brown or underserved in another way, and also being hit by being in a sort of resource exhausted community. So I'm really excited about that. And I think that's going to be one of my, the main highlights of, of my work here. Great. 
Yeah, I'm glad you touched on what your current work is. And I was going to ask about that, but we'll get that back to that. Sure. Yeah, no, just beat you to the punch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just, you know, let's Mm -hmm. take a little step back and uh, we'll we'll talk about, well, talk about Harvard. So how would you Mm -hmm. say your experience at Harvard influenced who you are today? Yeah, I mean, the Harvard experience is is definitely um, a very unique one. I'm sure you get a test of that. (laughs) I, mean, yeah, I, I don't think you, it's just like a, it's just one of those rare situations where you're joined by like so many intelligent people, people with such diverse mindsets and, and ideas, areas of expertise, even as college students. It's, it's a, an experience you don't really get after college. I mean, I'm sure I work with a ton of smart people, but just the diversity of experiences and expertise and passion that exists there is, is fantastic. And I, it's something that I wish I could, in retrospect, take advantage, took advantage of more instead of just learning what it's like to be an unsupervised adult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so in that sense, like it's led me to appreciate people from all walks of life and appreciate all things, even those things that are outside of my areas of interest. But it's also, you know, my experiences have been with the tech startups have really solidly led me into a tech career that I could be really proud of. You know, I think my experiences with Navitour, learning to navigate the world of creating a startup and incorporating company while in the auspices of Harvard University is, was incredible. There was also you know, significant amount of failure that I experienced. And I think like many Harvard students experienced for the first time, because you're not competing at a high level, but you're operating at a very high level. And Harvard Mm -hmm. students tend to be very overcommitted. And learning (laughs) to live with failure for the first time is, is a very humbling feeling. And I think that's something that I have, you know, been more okay with as I, after I graduated college, as I, you know, progress and, and do things because you can only operate and be 100% successful up until a very limited amount of time. And that's also what my speech was about. And I gave the class day speech and it was, it was, it came out of a fever dream about the things that had caused me great shame or anxiety, you know, in some cases, depression about the things that I wasn't able to accomplish while in college. And I'm glad that I was able to give that speech because I I hope that it resonated with a lot of students there that we should be confident in our ability to fail and be okay with it. Yeah. Just failure is a, failure is a hard one. I want to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you keep achieving and achieving and like you say, getting a hundred percent, but then once you do get to college, I I fell for that too, which is Mm -hmm. I I didn't get a hundred percent anymore. So it was more like, whoa, (laughs) it's a, but as yeah, after college and actually transitioning to uh, software development, we learn to fail often and fail fast. So you just right. got to keep failing. And then, because mm-hmm. then that's when the real learning begins. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So uh, what was the process for becoming the sector lead for Governor Inslee? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> like a that's good, a, it's great. It's a good question. And I think, you know, when you think of about a tech career, you don't always think about a, how that includes the public sector or working for the government. Um, that's not really a traditional, you know, I guess, career path. And I think over time, especially in this administration, over time, we're going to see more appreciation and prestige associated with being able to contribute your skill set to government. And I hope that that's something that is recognized even at the college graduation level, that we're beginning to see more people take on civil service as a full-time career. 
so anyway, I'll take a step back and just say, you know, I had always thought of myself as someone squarely focused at, you know, working at tech companies or tech startups. And it wasn't until 2016, I took a Fulbright scholarship on a whim to, to Malaysia, which is, you know, seemed seemingly kind of random, but, you know, I just had a great love for Southeast Asia and I'd always wanted to go, but I was working as a U.S. State Department employee, you know, as a cultural ambassador for America in Malaysia. And there I was teaching things like social entrepreneurship, obviously teaching English and just bonding with an amazing group of students. But I also had a really great cohort of other uh, Fulbrighters that were in Malaysia who were really interested in, you know, civics and civil service and action. So that kind of got my, my wheels turning around, being more involved in my community, being more involved in civic, civic issues. And when I came back, so I had been in Seattle from 2013 through 2000, end of 2015, was in Malaysia for all of 2016. And when I came back, I decided to kind of be more engaged. And so what I found was that Seattle really makes local government exceedingly accessible. And so I joined, I found this program on Facebook, I think through like a targeted ad called Get Engaged. It had nothing to do with getting married, but it had everything <laughs> to do with, it had everything to do with engaging young people or young adults into working with local government. And it was a program in combination with the Seattle YMCA and uh, the Seattle Boards and Commissions, City of Seattle Boards and Commissions, where they place individual people on these various boards and commissions that are intended to advise different parts of the city of Seattle government, including the mayor and city council. And so I ended up on a board called the Community Technology Advisory Board, which advised the mayor and city council on all issues relating to information and technology. Uh, We focused on things around cybersecurity, privacy, digital equity, digital inclusion, and just a whole gamut of of issues that we, we talk about on the national and local stage. And so that really was a, a tipping point for me in sort of being more thoughtful about the ways government and, and social impact kind of connects with technology and the technology industry. And through that, it was kind of, a, again, just a series of dominoes where I started to get more involved. I joined the board of Democracy Lab, which, was a, which is a civic tech platform that connects the tech employees, skilled tech employees with uh, tech for good, tech projects, everything that includes hacking together solutions to help with housing or with education or data visualization around public data sets, all sorts of really great projects. Um, but it was just, a, you know, all of these different experiences led me to think, like, what could I do, you know, if I were a part of government and what would be kind of a platform and an opportunity to kind of think through tech issues, the tech community, doing good with tech and doing good for tech. That's what kind of led me to this role. I saw this role became open to be the Governor Inslee sector lead. You know, I applied, not know, not thinking that I would get it. I guess the Washington Department of Commerce took a took a risk on me, uh, took a flyer on me, and I, that's how I joined. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it was like, it was available online? Yeah. So, I mean, it was a role that was available online and then, you know, went through an interview process, a pretty rigorous interview process over several months, and then officially had you know, officially joined, they, they will ask me to join and then I officially joined. Yeah. Oh, oh congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Well-deserved. I, I can't think of anyone better than you. I appreciate that. That's kind words. 
So what's going well now? Yeah, well, I mean, when I joined, it was, I mean, I joined on April 1st. You know, it was the peak of COVID. I mean, COVID is peaking now, but in terms of the disastrous impact to the economy, to people's jobs, to, you know, how people were perceiving things, to the death rate, I mean, that was pretty much in the midst of it. And so when I joined, I was, you know, I, you know we, we all have our perceptions of what it's like to work at, in government, you know, perceptions of bureaucracy, perceptions of, you know, how quickly the government can move or, or, or the lack thereof. And I was really pleasantly surprised at how fast the government was moving to kind of rally together resources and people and, and connect the different state agencies to provide solutions for for people who were struggling, especially small businesses that were struggling. And so that was a really nice, I guess, kind of the one constant from coming from Amazon where you know, the speed of businesses is very quick uh, and coming to the state government where it's similarly quick. And so what's working now, you know, is that we're able to put together a number of resources to support small businesses across the state. I mean, it's, what's not working is that all these businesses have been going out of business or have been struggling to stay in business. And, you know, we've been able to get a number of funds, um, both from state and federal dollars into their hands to support them. But as we think about like economic recovery from COVID, which is really the other thing that we're focused on, we think about it in three stages. One is, you know, restarting the economy, supporting small businesses who are just on the brinks of brink of collapse. Then we think about sort of rebuilding sort of resilience into the economy. And how do we think about the structures and dollars and resources in place that kind of continue to build resilience? And then how do we think about sort of longer term economic recovery where continuing to do what we used to do, which is uh, look around the corner, invest in emerging innovations, continuing to highlight Washington's presence and strength in the tech sector across the number of technology hubs that we have in the state and how do we continue to amplify that and so I kind of my experience and sort of what I'm most excited about is kind of the latter two especially as we think about Washington's continued strength in the tech industry but we should really recognize that government's role is to support those who kind of been left out those who whose only social safety net is the government and when I think about that in tech, that means people who, you know, don't have the access to resources or the education to get jobs in our growing tech sector, who has a huge demand of jobs that we're unable to meet with our own home, you know, population. And to help uh, entrepreneurs of tech organizations that just don't have access to family and friends financing just because they're black and brown or because they're underserved in a number of ways. And so they couldn't even get off the ground and get you know, the Series A or seed financing that they need to, to bring their companies to, to the market. We just won a $15 million Economic Development Administration federal grant that helps us get through some, of, some initiatives um, that will, will target some of these things that we're thinking about. So one that I just mentioned was an accelerator, which I'm really excited about. Well, we'll be launching an accelerator awesome. to support underserved entrepreneurs. We're, we're also going to apportion some of those funds to think about emerging innovation clusters. Uh, what that means is we want to think about what are the innovations around the state 
across the multiple sectors that are vital to our economy. So not just tech, but maritime, agriculture, advanced manufacturing, clean tech, clean energy, all of those sectors that are important. And how do we identify clusters, clusters being sort of public, private, academic coalitions that are supporting some sort of technology or innovation. And so one example being, we have this quantum information science is growing as a huge sector across the across the US and where everyone's trying to think, how do we, what are the economic development opportunities around quantum? And so we have a partnership in Washington state between Microsoft, the Pacific Northwest National Laboratory and University of Washington, and they call themselves the Northwest Quantum Nexus. That's looking at, you know, building out educational and economic development opportunities for quantum information science. That's just one example. There's others around, you know, building out a clean tech energy testing lab for to test out different types of clean tech and alternative energy sources to power data centers that primarily use diesel, which are incredibly harmful for the environment. Uh, but you know, testing those different types of um, technologies to support data centers across Washington State. So I think that's really exciting. That's part of our long-term economic recovery in sort of how we how we think about in, in investing in things around when we look around the corner. So there's a couple things that are going well. I hate to say like reacting to small businesses closing down is going well because it's devastating no matter how you look at it. And, and it's become also, you know, political conflict, but I'm bullish about our, about the economy's ability to recover. And with Pfizer's announcement too, about the vaccine, you know, I hope that that instills hope in people and businesses alike. Yes, it's looking good. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad of it, the, the announcement for that. Right. It seems we're uh, getting towards the end. So I would, uh, uh, what lessons do you want to tell our esteemed audience? Yeah, you know, I get a lot of questions about sort of my trajectory into, into public service, or I get a lot of questions also about how, you know, to kind of think about a career in tech that spans so many different types of roles, because I've worked in finance and business development and marketing program management, just a now in, in, in public service. And I think the name of the game is really to take risks in your career, especially when you're earlier on. I mean, I think as millennials, we have the biggest responsibility on our shoulders, economic responsibility to progress and progress quickly without really taking the time to experiment and try a bunch of different things before we settle down on one particular career. And, you know, that both that there's always a healthy tension, you know, when I'm thinking about the things that I think would bring me fulfillment and does and don't and, and some that do. And, you know, I just, I can't express that enough to, to people to take risks in their career. Obviously not everyone has the privilege to do so. And I, I also recognize that I've had the privilege to be able to, you know, try a number of different opportunities that not many people have had. So I also say that, but the other thing is I encourage people to contribute their skills and time and talent to the community. And when you think about giving back, you don't have to give money. You, you can, and you don't have to just give manual labor or time. You can give the skill sets that you're blessed with, the, the talents that you've developed over time. Things like Democracy Lab, where you can, you know, just drop into a hackathon and contribute to a number of tech projects as a designer or as a product manager or as a developer. Those are all easy ways to kind of contribute your, your time or experiences. Money and time is also always great. So um, <laughs> in terms of giving back and, and public service, those are all, all great things. 
I don't know that I have any other lessons. I'm, I'm still, I feel like I'm too young to be telling anyone what to do. So <laughs> you could say in progress. Yeah. yeah in progress. <laughs> well, lessons in progress. Memoirs inbound. Sure. Yeah. We could bring you on again sometime mm-hmm. in the future. Alrighty. Thanks for coming on to the show, Stephen. Best of luck with everything. Cause wow. I, I'm really looking forward to the future and what you have in store. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks to Stephen for coming on, and thank you for listening to Harvard and Tech Seattle. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or by email at Harvard and Tech Seattle. Links are in the show notes.